us. Father, we love you this morning and we thank you, God. You are worthy of your name. Thank you for this time that we can come together and just be in your house to worship you. And God, we just, uh, just pray that you'd bless our time this morning, Lord. We love you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. excited to start the new school year and so excited about what God's doing in the life of our church uh, just overall and man he's moving and working in many areas uh, if you don't know me my name is Sean Powell and I'm the family life minister uh, I'm going into my 15th year here and uh, man I've seen God doing some thank you I've seen God just do some amazing things, um, just all through our church, especially in our children's ministry. Many kids have come to know the Lord. We've baptized so many kids, and and we we want to just continue to pour into the life of our kids, and we want to continue to do the best job we can. And our staff and our elders of our church, and uh, just everyone, we we every year, every event we have, we really try to make sure that. We, we, we we're doing a good job. We're bringing glory and honor to the Lord. Um, one of the things, as you've seen in the life of our church, is we've implemented our new check-in system. And we kind of started off a little slow, uh, and we just introduced it into our preschool area. And, and that worked really well. Uh, parents, you were awesome, and thank you so much for signing in, everybody. And then we started to use those parent tags and when you come in to pick up your child, you just hand them your parent tag. And we just want to make sure uh, that that when you drop your child off, that they are safe and that they're in a very safe environment and they're being loved on and they're having fun and learning about Jesus. And so as we've evolved, uh, we've we've just continued to modify. And then we, we did it in the children's, uh, the uh, top part of the, uh, the children's building. And then we're doing it um, also... Uh, we're, we're moving toward doing it in kids worship. And so overall it's, it's really worked well. And, uh, and again, you've been really, really gracious. Uh, one of the things as we continue to modify this whole system, one of the things I really, really want to encourage, uh, everyone to do really adults, uh, children is to really sign in on Sunday mornings, uh, sign in and get your name tag. That is so important. Uh, and, and parents, even if you bring your children to kids worship and you just come into the worship service, let's say for some reason you didn't make it to Bible study at 930, if you could just remember to sign in, uh, that would really, really help us out. And then that way, uh, your child will get a sticker and then you'll also have a parent tag. And when you come and pick up your, your child after worship service, uh, it just makes it really, really easy and it, it just really helps us. And again, the safety of your child is so important to us. Uh, one of the things, if you went over to the children's building this morning, uh, you'll notice that we, um, we have built a, I say we, David Pugh and Shannon Young, Jimmy Young, they've all done a great job. Uh, we kind of have a little desk right now, kind of in the middle of the hallway. And one of the things that we want to do is when you come and you drop off your, your children, you sign them up, uh, you're just going to kind of drop them off there in the foyer, and then we're, we're just going to take them back into their class. And uh, this is just a safety procedure that we feel like is necessary for us to do. If you are a first-time visitor or you have some friends that come for the first time, what we're going to do is, is we're that first-time visitor, they're going to be allowed to go down the hallway 
um, and see the classroom and see it, you know, what's going on. And then when they come back, we'll, we'll just, they'll just be able to drop their child off and we'll take them down. And, and again, this is just all about just the safety of your kids. And so we're implementing this just in, in a, even on Wednesday nights, we really want to do this in our program. And so a couple things we want to ask you to do, please be patient with us. Uh, we're going to start this uh, officially on September the 9th. And so uh, at, when you drop off your children, September the 9th, you just drop them off there. You get your parent tag and everything is great. And, and so we're also going to start it on our Wednesday night program when every, everything starts back. And so, uh, so we're going to slowly implement this, but there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve and just trying to figure out kind of the best way to do that. And so just be patient with us. We're really excited about, about doing this and, and just moving in this direction. Uh, if you volunteer uh, on Sunday mornings in the children's building in, at any time, extended session or uh, you're a cross dog on in, uh, during Sunday mornings, you're a teacher, you're a helper, we're having a meeting tonight at five o'clock in the chapel. And so we really want to encourage you. Now, if you're sitting there and you don't work in, in the children's area on Sunday morning and you want to come to find out more information and you're, you want to work, maybe God's leading you to that. We'd love to have you come to that meeting at five o'clock tonight in the chapel. Also, we have a meeting for all Wednesday night kids workers this Wednesday at five o'clock. And that's also going to be in, excuse me, six o'clock. That's going to be in the chapel as well. And so so we, we, we're going to kind of talk about all these things. We're excited about the new year. We have a new curriculum. We're introducing a lot of new things uh, to the kids this year that we're really excited about. And we look forward to what, what God's going to do and, and how he's going to bless that. Uh, I'm going to pray here uh, in just a minute. And after I pray, uh, Steve Seabury is going to come up and we're going to talk about our mission trips this summer and what God has done through our mission teams this summer. So let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we come into your presence and uh, you are worthy. Uh, your name is worthy and we, we want to thank you for your blessings. We want to thank you for your love, your forgiveness, your mercy. And Lord Jesus, we, we want to thank you for the children that you've blessed us here at our church. Jesus, we just ask your blessing on just the children's ministry this year, the youth ministry, uh, as, as it uh, continues to meet. And God's doing some amazing things there. Lord Jesus, we ask your blessing on, on the adult ministry and the women's ministry, the men's ministry, and all the ministries that are going on. We just want to thank you so much, too, for the mission trips this past summer and for what you've done in the lives of people all around the world. We, we just cannot praise you enough. You are worthy. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome. It's good to be here today, and especially when we talk about our mission involvement that we've been involved in in the recent past. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, a lot of folks today, uh, our people who have been doing uh, a variety of things uh, in just these recent weeks and months in missions. But I've invited a special guest that I wanted to, you to meet. Some of you may know him already. He's a very, very good personal friend and a great uh, friend in ministry. This is Dr. John Tealypap. He's the Director of Missions for the Parker Baptist Association, of which we are a part. And so I'd ask John to come join us today and also share a few words as God is giving you today. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate the opportunity to be here today. I'm always excited to be a part of a service where people talk about their involvement in ministry and uh, people getting involved in missions. So I'm, I'm grateful to be here and to hear the stories of your missions involvement this summer. 
as Steve said, I work for the Parker Baptist Association, and so I want to thank you for your cooperation in our association. We have 46 churches in Parker County that work together. Our mission is to invest in kingdom-focused churches that are making a difference for Jesus Christ locally and around the world. And together we share our resources, we share our energy, our passion, our talent to try to advance the kingdom. And so thank you for your partnership in that. I do want to tell you about our twofold dream that God's given us for the future. One part of that dream is that we want to, we, we dream of a day when every believer in all of our churches has clarity in their lives about his or her, uh, the way that he or she was created and gifted and called by God to, to perform kingdom service. And uh, the second part of that dream is, is that we dream of a day when every person in Parker County who does not know Jesus Christ has at least one close personal friend who is a committed follower of Jesus, who lives out the life of Jesus in front of them. So we're working with our churches to create that kind of clarity for people in their churches, to create that kind of, of uh, momentum in our churches where people who don't know Jesus can see the life of Jesus lived out in front of them. Thank you for working with us on that, and I pray that you'll share our dream for the future as we go forward. Thank you for letting me be here today. All right, we're going to do this in two parts, uh, parts today. We're kind of going to start local and then work our way a little bit further around the world. So uh, my first group, if uh, Katie and Jean and Jack and Joe Beth would come on up here, find you a place to sit, I'll kind of direct you a little bit. Yeah. Katie, you can come right down here. Joe Beth, won't you come down to this one? So what I told the folks, uh, basically, when I was uh, asking for suggestions on uh, who could speak and who could just share a brief word, uh, was two things, honestly. It's just how did you see God at work in your own uh, sense as you were doing the mission experience you were doing, and then what did this mean to you? And so uh, we're going to start over here with these two fine young people right here. Um, and uh, what these two have done, they were part of our youth uh, mission experience that was down in the Corpus Christi Rockport area. Um, it's called Bounce. It's a ministry of Texas Baptists, and it uses students just like these to go and to work basically in disaster recovery type settings. It's not uniquely to that, but uh, that is a, a part of it. And even uh, how many months has it been since Hurricane Harvey hit? It's been quite a while, but there's still a lot of recovery going on down in those areas. So, you've been prompted. You know what I'm going to ask you. And this is just, and I also want to make sure that they understood, you know, this is not a sermon. This is just friends talking to friends saying, hey, what'd you do this summer? And it, it focuses on these two things. So, Jean, pass the mic over to Katie. I'm going to let her give a start. So, Katie? First of all, I understand that you are starting in the eighth grade this, uh, in just a few days, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yes. And so uh, is this the first kind of a mission experience you may have done like this? Uh, yeah. What was your overall impression? Good? Bad? Terrible? Wonderful? Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. Yeah, very good. So the, you heard my questions, basically. Uh, how would you respond if someone says, how did you see God at work in your uh, experience down there in, in Rockport? Well, it was just really cool seeing us all work together and being the arms and the legs of God and we, how we could 
benefit someone. Very nice. Very good. And I, I would guess probably along with arms and hands of God with it being the month of July in, in Rockport, maybe the sweat of God, would that be? It was kind of hot, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, very good. What did it mean to you to be on this trip? This is the first experience you've had like this. Um, I think it was really great that even young people can make a difference in other people's lives and can help improve them. So would this be something you might consider doing again? Definitely. There you go. We love to hear that. Very good. Okay, Jane, why don't you get that? All right. So what grade are you going to be starting in the next few days? Um, I'll be a junior. A junior. All right. Is this your first mission kind of experience as well? Yes, it, it was my first uh, okay. like, mission trip. Do you have any, any secrets you'd like to share about Nathan and Andy Bob? I'm not sure if that... No, I'm, no that wasn't on the program. We won't go there. <laughs> so how, how did you see... How would you express that if someone said, how did you see God at work in the Corpus Rockport area? Um, well, uh, each and every one of us that went, uh, we were called by God to go, and for a specific reason. And um, just also just... Seeing um, JP and his family, Miss Cruz and their family, um, just uh, God bring joy and tears of joy to them and uh, just gratefulness for what we did. Okay, now we're going to go off script just a little bit. You, you look like you're mature enough to handle this. Who is JP? Uh, he was the homeowner that, in which the house we roofed. Okay, you can't see it, uh, but there's slides going on behind us. And there's a lot of, of shingles being taken mm -hmm. off of places, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty hard work. It was. Yeah. But, I mean, it was worth it, though. And you said seeing the looks on their faces, mm -hmm. uh, would it be safe to say they were appreciative of what we did? It's very appreciative. Yeah, very good. What, about, what did y'all do during the evening times? Um, we, uh, the Bounce Place, they held worship and dinner for us. And then uh, late nights we would have youth group devotion and just talk about what we did that day and such. Now when you say youth group, our, our youth group uniquely. So it was a big corporate time. Y'all weren't the only ones there doing this mm -hmm. work. There were many churches there to serve and do other projects. Yeah. And uh, I would add a word to the church to explain about the Bounce Ministry. Uh, this was when I first learned about it. It was one of the, the aspects of it that I thought was so attractive because it works. it works both together with some really tough physical stuff. I mean... I saw some of the pictures of these kids up on roofs ripping shingles off in July. I'm going better them than me. That's not a place I would want to be. So you get the hard work, but then at night, as Gene was saying, <clears throat> the, uh, the entire, all the bouncers from all the churches would get together for a corporate worship time, and then our group would have their own times. So uh, to me, you can't get a better mix than that, and that's serving people and then growing uh, together uh, in that sense. So, uh, anything else you would, would you, is this something you would consider doing again too? Yes. Okay, now look at Andy, Bob, and Nathan and say, we're going to do it again. You're going to do it again. There you go. Because the bounce ministry is going to be going on for a long time, and it's just a wonderful way to get our kids that first, in, in some cases right here, uh, the first experience with serving others in the name of God. Okay? Anything else y'all would like to add? No? Okay. Was this too hard? Were you nervous? A little bit. A little bit? Okay. See, it's, it's just like I, I told them, it's just, just friends talking to friends. That's all it is. Okay, let me pass it over here to this side. No, you go ahead. Oh.
All right, so now we're going to move over to uh, the adult side and talk just a little bit about the San Antonio family mission trip. Now, again, going off script just a little bit, uh, how would you describe what that trip was all about? What, what did y'all do? Where did you go? Who did you see? Um, the trip was, I think, more about just loving on, loving on another church. Um, it, we, you know, we had the uh, adventure week for them as well, um, and they had been struggling with uh, building some portable buildings for a long time, and uh, they just needed some stuff done around, around their church, and so we were willing and able, so we went down there and knocked it out. Do you remember the name of the church? I do, if you don't. Okay, yeah, good call. Agape <laughs> Baptist two Church. <laughs> I know. Hey, I should have told him. You know, I go off script all the time. What can I say? Uh, Agape Baptist Church in San Antonio. And um, where did y'all stay when you were down there? I know some may have done some hotels, but there yeah, was a church. We've, with our crew, um, we opted to keep them separate. Um, yeah. Most of y'all know my children. And uh, staying in a gym um, with a bunch of teenagers just probably wasn't going to work for yeah. uh, for my kids. Um, so we we opted in a hotel, but uh, their their neighbor church uh, housed the rest of yeah. the, rest of the group. We gave that option. Sean and I talked about this a lot as we were going through the planning. It, um, the idea behind this was to find a way that families could do something together um, on a mission experience. In San Antonio, there's no end of doing, play, doing things in San Antonio area, but we did give the option. There was another church about, what, 10 minutes away, maybe, give or take. Uh, it's on the northwest side of San Antonio that volunteered their, uh, basically their gym, their cooking facilities, a, a great kitchen to help with all the meals, uh, to cut some of the expense down, but then also to give the, the opportunity as well for a hotel if you want to go that way. So now back to my on script. How did you see God at work? Um, well, for us, it was, I think it was honestly before um, we even left. Uh, we came to church Sunday. Uh, Pastor Lee was talking about missions, and I felt like he was just like zooming in on me, even though I don't think he ever even really looked at me. Um, and uh, it was something we had, my wife and I separately had been thinking about, um, but then everything just kind of fell into place at that time. Um, uh, and so we just decided to take off and we didn't know who was down there. Uh, we were sitting here and, uh, my daughter was scribbling next to me, just, you know, not paying attention, I thought. And, uh, she wrote down in cursive, you know, uh, if you see an opportunity, act on it. And, uh, and then she wrote under that, you know, Pastor Sean's in San Antonio helping with the church and, you know, just, Stuff like that, and uh, after church, I just looked at my wife. I was like, "We're going to San Antonio," and uh, handed her the paper. And she looked at it, and she was like, "I was thinking the same thing." So, so we just uh, text Sean. They were already down there. Um, we just took off, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. Let's see here. I was. We'd never been on a mission trip, so I was expecting, you know, kind of like you know when we were at kids camp, you know, when I was young, you know, everybody just you know falling on their face and come to the Lord and stuff, but. Uh, but this mission trip was really just about loving, loving on people and planting seeds. And I feel like that, uh, you know, my family is not one that's going very outgoing and going to reach out. But uh, we we do like to build stuff, and uh, so it was kind of our niche. And so we just went down there, and we love kids, and we, you know, screwed a lot of wood on, and uh, you know, broke down fences, some of it that we weren't supposed to, with sledgehammers, and, and that was that. So. 
Well, it sounds like you've also answered very nicely how you saw God at work and also what it meant to you. Um, it's amazing. I, I would suspect that if we had the chance to ask each one of you out in the, uh, in the audience today, uh, have you ever had an experience like that where, uh, you know, I, I know I've preached, Lee has preached, preaches all the time, John has. We don't come up here uh, intending to nail somebody to the wall, but that's the way God does. That's Sean's job. Oh, that's Sean's job. Okay, yeah. He's the one that volunteered me for this. Well, we'll let him off the hook on that. But it's just amazing how God works to touch someone's heart. And it sounds to me like he, he really did that with your family's life. Uh, is it something that you would consider, not necessarily San Antonio, but getting your family involved in, in some kind of outreach? Absolutely. And, and when we got down there, the people that were there, it was just, it was the perfect blend. Because if anybody can, you know, can handle my kids, it's going to be, you know, Brandy and Miss Connie, you know, like, and Miss Powell. I mean, those, those people were, they were who were there. And so we got down there. It's like, okay, th this is going to be, you know, this is going to be good. So. And that's another phrase that I think is nice to remember about how God does this. He just used the phrase perfect blend. You know, God knows who he wants at particular times. He puts the people in place for his mission. And that's awesome. I really appreciate that very much. All right, if you'll pass the mic down. Now, thank you. Yeah. All right, so here's, here's our transition. Trip, get up, go play someplace far, far off, someplace exotic like San, uh, Corpus Christi and San Antonio. But Joe Beth, let me scoot up a little bit so I can see you. There you go. How far did your experience take you? How, how many miles? Thousands of miles? No, ours was right in Fort Worth. You mean to tell me there's mission opportunities in Fort Worth, Texas? Yes, sir. Awesome. All right. Now, I will fill in this if you don't feel competent to do it. Because, again, I'm off script. Okay. Forgive me. I'll send my check back tomorrow. Um, give us a one or two or three sentence description of the Ready for School program. Because, and, and assume that they don't have a clue what you're talking about, because most of them don't. Okay. The Ready for School program works with refugees that are located in two different apartment complexes in Fort Worth, and the preschoolers come to the Ready for School program, and the program has teachers. Some of them um, might be retired, but they were teachers that work with the children and get them ready for kindergarten in America, in Fort Worth specifically. Give them the skills that they need to succeed at kindergarten here. And many of you know Karen Morrow, a member of our church here. Um, that is the ministry that she's an integral part of, is the refugee ministry. And as you see on some of the slides behind us, there was an outreach event back in the late spring, I believe it was, um, at, at one of those apartment complexes. And so this is an ongoing ministry. Would that be a safe thing to say? Yes, sir. Every year. Okay. What did you actually do when you were, um, uh, when you're involved? What do you, do you sit and read to the kids? Tell us a little bit about that. What I did was I was a volunteer, so I helped to get supplies ready so that the teachers could do their job. I would help if... Uh, when the numbers were really large, there's not enough teachers to go around, of course. So as a volunteer, I would help do what the teachers would do, which is, you know, help them to hold their scissors properly, help them to pick up their pencils or pens, and help them learn the skills that the teachers are trying to teach on all of them. 
but just to help since there's with the numbers. There's so many that they need extra hands. Now, to go back on script, how did you see God at work, and what is it being in this ministry meant to you? To see how I saw God work, I think, was the amount of love I saw poured out from these teachers into that environment, into those children. When you walked in the door, it was a safe place. It was a loving place. It was a joy-filled place. And I saw the teachers have such joy in even the smallest of tasks that they were teaching, and I believe that that was God at work in that program. And also, I saw how that program grew. Um, We started sometime in fall last year, and there were four large eight-foot tables, and there were people at every table. You know, there was enough people. But by the time it was over in spring, we had parents that would have to stand because every preschooler needed a spot to sit. So we really saw it, or I personally saw it just grow in the time I was there, and that had to have been God. That's an amazing um, opportunity to touch people's lives in a way that we really can't see immediate results other than helping them to learn a very valuable uh, tool, and that's how to to read English. Uh, How many people in here, let's raise our hands, how many can read? Anybody can read? Raise your hands. Can you read? All right. Oh, yeah. All right. There's your pool, right? There's the (laughs) pool. Yes, come join us. She'll be at the back. No, wait. we We don't do it that way. Uh, but there is an opportunity. It's a great opportunity. It's an ongoing opportunity to um, uh, help in this particular case. It's the Read Ready for School program, and uh, there will be more information available about that since it is a very uh, integral, ongoing thing. Thank you all very much. If you'll pass me the mic back down here, you all can return to your seats. And... Uh, just a quick word, and then uh, we're going to have our international folks come up. Um, anybody want to go on the spot and quote Acts 1-8? Anybody? Anybody? I know Nathan would, but I don't, I don't want to mess with him right now. Yeah, Acts 1-8 uh, says that you're going to be my witnesses. Jesus said to that last group of disciples before he ascended to heaven, you're going to be my witnesses, and it's going to cover the entire world, from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. Um, we could preach, teach, speak for a long time about what those four areas mean. Uh, the simplest way that I've always tried to understand it is anywhere, everywhere, anytime, with no restrictions. And so, in a sense, what these four have just shared with you has been sort of that Jerusalem, Judea. It's, it's people that are like us in a lot of ways. It's, uh, it's distances that are not too terribly daunting to get over. Um, but there are times that God gives us the opportunity to go really far to the ends of the earth. So that's where we're going to go right now. So I'm going to ask Alyssa and Bryce and Mike and Amy, if you'll make your ways up here. I'll pass the microphone all the way down here to Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. All right. And Mike's coming. You notice the aged ones are a little bit slower to get moving here. Huh? There you go. All right. Hello? Okay. Hi, Alyssa. Hi. I already said that, didn't I? Are you ready for school to start? Yes, actually. Very excited. How many more days? A week. A A little more than a week. Yeah. Uh So where did you go on July about the 13th or 12th or something like that. Cambodia. To Cambodia. Was this your first time to go to Cambodia? Yes. 
Was it uh, an enjoyable experience? It was unforgettable in many different ways, yes. <laughs> was it difficult? In ways that I was not expecting. Which would be what? Coming back and seeing like everything that we have compared to what they have and seeing that the joy that they had when we just give them like a beach ball and then coming back and people are complaining about like not having the newest phone or like this kind of stuff. It was just kind of like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Was this your first mission experience of this nature? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I know the answer. You know, I've already gone through this with them. But uh, is this something you would consider doing again? 100%. Yeah. Um, so how did you, if someone asks you, like let's say you get to school in, a couple, in you know, 10 days or so a week, and someone says, hey, Alyssa, what did you do this summer? And if they knew to say, well, how did you see God working in this particular thing? What would be your answer? Um, well, when they would sing us songs, we have no idea what they're saying most of the time, and they don't understand what we're saying when we sing them songs, but the way, like, you could hear it in their voice, the passion that they had for what they were singing, or when we were coloring, you could see, like, you, everything that they did, you could hear it in their laughter when we played with them, in every single way, you could just feel the presence of Jesus and all the, like, I think there was over 80 people that accepted Christ into their hearts and everything, and that was just unbelievable. And it's just every single every single thing that we did with them was amazing. So, what did it mean to you? To me, it was one of those things that kind of like put my life in perspective because I have never like I've always thought you know like there's people that are less fortunate than me. I need to be grateful, but now it's like I saw it firsthand, and so coming back and explaining it to people. I can't get upset with them if they don't like understand like I do because they didn't see it. And so like building those relationships with them and kind of talking to them more and just showing love more than like the anger I have for them for like not understanding it and just kind of like accepting them as they are and just like slowly sharing with them like everything that I did is kind of one of those things that will stay with me for a really long time. She used the word unforgettable. I would add that uh, the idea that it, it's it's put a stamp on her that is, is not just unforgettable, but it's life-changing. And I, I've, If I didn't express it to you during the trip in front of your friends and family, I'd say thank you for giving that investment of your time. You. All right, Mr. Bryce. So, Portugal, mm -hmm. right, with the manly men, the buff guys, Absolutely, right? Camp yes. Gridiron. Manly men. Yeah. So how many years has this been that you've been to Camp Gridiron? This is my fourth year. Yeah. Um, you know, here we have Alyssa first time, and now this is fourth time for you. Uh, does it still have the same impact as the first time that you went? In some ways, but really it's like every year going back, it really gets better for me because I get to see God move in different ways and uh, kind of touch people's hearts in different ways. So I think it's, it gets better every year, really. Yeah. So give us an example of how it might have uh, hit this year for seeing God and touching people. Yeah, one thing I saw was like the guys were listening and that was really, really important because we we're talking about uh, rules without relationship breeds rebellion and that's so important. And uh, after all the practices, we would talk about that and man, the guys were really in tune. You could see their eyes were, were on either Lee or Adam or whoever was talking. And uh, I, I mean, I actually saw some guys on Facebook posting that quote and it was just really cool seeing the guys actually knowing what we were talking about, you know, so... You didn't see many uh, immediate professions of faith, did you? No, but I know there's definitely some seeds planted. 
that's to me one of the, the most important facets of when we do stuff in the name of Christ, just planting mm-hmm. those seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, one of these days, uh, in fact, for all of us, even though I haven't gotten to you guys over here yet, one of the things that we always hope for is that we'll be the ones who actually get to, to reap, to see that person give their life to Christ. But we know it takes preparing the soil, it takes planting, it takes watering, and so on. So you've, you've been a part of a group that, in your particular case, four years of preparing the soil and planting and watering and seeing where it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean to you to keep doing this? How's God working in your life at that point? It's really aspects of like just serving people and how much joy you can find in, in serving other people just because, uh, you know, Jesus first loved us, so we get to love them, and that's just an amazing opportunity to do that, to, to fly how many hours, I like seven hours or whatever, just to love on these guys, and it's just really an awesome opportunity to do that. So. That's outstanding. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. <laughs> to the senior citizen, the old man. The old man of the mountain. That's me. That's you. Um, you heard me obviously with the other group go off script just a little bit, so this is your chance to go off script. You're stuck in an elevator. You have one floor, and someone says, what in the world is Zona Zagura? One floor. Zona Zagura means safe zone. Everybody needs a safe place. Okay. So that's their whole MO. Okay, what's an MO? I'm not very smart. Way of doing things. Okay, very good. Thank you very much. Yeah, so how many years does this make for Zona Zagura, for our church's connection with Zona Zagura? I'm not exactly sure. Probably around 2013, 2014 at, at, at the latest since we've been supporting them. Yeah, five or six years, give or take yes. just a little bit. Okay. So have you been down there every year since then? Yes. Multiple times, some years? Well, according to the accountant and the family, this was our 16th trip. All of a sudden, I just got overcome with fatigue. I don't know why. <laughs> 16 times. 16 times. That's yes. amazing. So you've seen a lot. Yes. You know, if I were to say, oh, a family photo, I see. That's good. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how those get. I did not edit the photos. I just said, James, get us some that represents us. You can move on now <laughs> to the next one. That's, there we go. He does look familiar. Yeah. Um, That's their lawnmowers, by the way, just so you'll know. So um, I lost my train of thought all of a sudden here. Good. Um, yeah, over 16 years, you have seen a lot. You, you have seen 16 God. 16 trips. 16 yes. trips, excuse me. You've seen a lot. You've seen God in action. So, you know, if we were to, to write a book, you could have a lot to put in it. Um, talk about this particular trip that's unique to seeing God's action. Well, I didn't really go down there with any expectations that that may sound like a a bad thing to say but I've just learned from the Lord a couple times early on I went down there with expectations and having a plan and the first time he shot my plan full of holes and I fought him really hard because I wanted to stick to the plan so the next time I had a plan and he shot it full of holes I was very flexible and Kimberly Gavilich told me really well once, she said, you can't be flexible, you have to be fluid, because they are a different culture. So now just go down there very fluid and with, with a outline and, and let, wait and see what the Lord does and just let him go. And he always does more than, than I would ever expect on my own. He, we went down for a camp, family camp, 
which I would consider a vacation, a family vacation Bible school weekend, long weekend, starts Friday night and through Monday morning. And it's got activities for, from babies to grandparents. And they have lessons at different levels. Now, there's probably about 10 or so lessons that take place over the weekend and then a whole lot of playing that, that goes on and a whole lot of bonding that goes on. I would like to say this about the camp. When we first started going down there, we paid for the camps. And then they started supplementing the camp. And then they supplemented the camp a little bit more. And this trip, we paid for the supplies to the camp. Every Peruvian that was there paid their own way to the camp. So they, they became a ministry in January of 2014. And the only support they had was from Church of the Crossing. And what they've done with that is they are well on the way toward independence. They want free from us and everybody. They're not at that point yet, but they are working toward independence. And I was very excited to see that they paid their own way to camp. That's amazing. That is exactly what you hope happens when you get into uh, a new venture, whether it be, uh, we can call them a church, because that is what they are, or, or uh, new believers is seeing that growth up into a level of maturity. So speak on the personal level. What, what did this trip mean for you? Or what has this connection meant for you, but especially this particular trip, if, if there's something that fits it? Well, for me, uh, I, I got to baptize a girl back in this fall of 2012, and I've watched her along the way, and she stood up this time. I, I taught on baptism. And I called her out, not really sure how she was going to handle it, and asked her if she would speak on what it meant for her to be baptized, because I'd heard her speak before. And she, she gave a beautiful testimony on being baptized, what it meant to be baptized, and where her life has gone since baptism. So I've got to watch her come along the way. And a little closer, last year when we were at family camp, there was a, a lady that told me, I understand what you're teaching on marriage and there is no man that's going to come between my son and I. I will not have anything to do with this. I was like, okay. And, but this year she was there again, which really surprised me with her son. She asked questions. She asked good questions. So I could figure it out that the Lord had been working the order for the last year. And then she got baptized. So that was a real thrill to me to watch her get baptized because I saw all the walls coming down in her. Now you go, Mike, that's one person in a year. That's a lot of effort. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of time for one person in a year. I don't know what the Lord has for her future. And that is not a person that a year ago I would have thought would even have a conversation with me right now, much less have the type of conversations that we had in what you get baptized. So these are things we get to watch by going year after year, seeing them get independent, seeing them get uh, grow. Uh, they have, I don't even remember how many home churches they've got down Lee, he was very excited when I told him that you said that if you could lean on one thing, it would be the connect groups. He was about to do a backflip when I told him that. Because they're having a real struggle with, I know you're going to cut me off in a minute. They're having a real struggle with a congregation setting like this. Because in their culture, they're saying, why do I need to come to a congregation to have a church? Be in the home Bible study. So what they did is once a month, they started having basically a dinner on the grounds. So instead of calling a church, they're having a potluck where all the churches come together and they eat and Caesar gets to preach and he gets to bond them together that way. That's an amazing part of 
what uh, how, how the Bible, how Christianity is is put in a cultural context. Um, there's places around the world where uh, a group of believers to gather in a setting like this, in a building like this, is absolutely just virtually impossible. But it, there's a way that they can get together here. Um, you've noticed a little progression here from first trip to fourth trip to sixteenth trip. Unfortunately, we you know when I, when we plan these kind of services like this, I would love to get everybody up here to say something. But if my math is correct, we had a little bit over between 60 and 70 of our family uh, going out on these mission experiences this year. So that would be impossible. Can't do it. Um, but I'm glad that we've seen from first time to in between to a lot of times, because one of the, the, the consistent things with all these is these connections we've had in Cambodia, Portugal, and in Peru for quite a number of years. And one thing Mike said that I want to just re reiterate, make sure you caught it very clearly, is the going back, the repetition of going back, you, you begin to dis the, develop these relationships. Uh, it becomes more than just a go in, see them, say hi, and go home. It, they almost become family. And you go back each year and you see this kind of growth. And so the story of that lady is, is, is pretty amazing. That's, that's exceptionally good. Um, Another he was going to take a breath. He wanted to say something. Go ahead. Can I share on the ministry center for Sure, go ahead. Yeah, I asked Steve if I could share on the ministry center. Hey, these are, again, remember, it's January of 14. And I talked to Becky about this to make sure my date's right. When Caesar and Gabby stepped out the door with no support except for us, they had a vision, but they didn't know where they were going to be. They didn't know how they were going to eat the next day when they stepped out in January 14. Uh, they, there's a Ministry, I can't remember the name of it, in Little Rock, that's helping them to build a ministry center. So where they are now is they have a house built where they, Caesar and Gabby, are living. They're building the dorms right next to it. They're probably 40% complete with the dorms right now. Those dorms are for when North Americans or other South Americans come in to do trips or work with them. They have a place to stay. They're fixing to build a cafetorium where they can obviously feed people and where they can hold meetings, where they can hold retreats and, and other things. Just below the cafetorium, they're going to build a halfway house. What the halfway house is for is for 18, because they are tied to a, a orphanage. They're going to pick up the orphanage that's under the zone as a girl umbrella in about a month. So their plan is to take orphanages, orphans, when they turn 18, bring them to the halfway house, teach them a trade for six months, and then put them out on society instead of just turning them out on society when the state says they have to let them go. And right down the hill from that, they're also going to build a clinic. They have to have some medical folks now so that they can hold clinics for the local people around them. So this, the plan is for all of this to be complete by May, what year are we in? By May of 19. So by May of 19, all of these buildings, all of this should be in place. And they've already got people on standby that are going to fill in the different ministries for the buildings that they're building. So the Lord is moving down there. They're tied in the jungle, they're tied in Lima, they're tied in the villages, and they're tied to the people around them. They took Acts for what it's worth, the New Testament church, and they're applying it in a way that I don't even know how to describe. That's very exciting. I appreciate that very much. As you pass the mic, I'm going to ask you to do something. Switch chairs, because I want to have Amy right here so I can see her get up here close. So the transition now is 
were, well, these were representatives from groups that went out, our different teams that went out during the summer and all that kind of thing. But we have had, um, and I hope this is an indication of a growing wave, individuals in our church family who have sensed God's call to be out on mission, either for a long term from start to finish. Um, in some cases, like Jake Sizemore, a lot of us know Jake, is in Japan. It's about a two-year thing, and he's actually been talking about maybe extending. Uh, Rachel Womack just left uh, about three weeks ago from Malawi. And so in addition to our groups that go out for these there and back mission experiences, there are those who are, it's their calling on their life. And Amy, have you gotten over jet lag, Amy? No. no. She just got home Wednesday from her last time to Uganda. Let's do the microphone. Oh, yes. There you go. Uh, from Uganda and Elizabeth's voice. So you heard what I asked Mike just a minute ago. I said, you're stuck, you're on an elevator going from first to second floor, and someone says, tell us about Elizabeth's voice. But I'm going to give you a little slack here. Your elevator gets stuck, so you get a little bit more. Explain to the folks, and you know, not, not a book length, but uh, a bridged version of what is Elizabeth's voice. So Elizabeth's voice is an organization that... Uh, creates jobs for women in poverty because it turns out women in poverty, they don't want your charity. They want to be, they want a job. They want to be employed. They want to make decisions for their own family. And so um, Elizabeth's voice is just basically the idea that uh, God will always send someone who needs the most because it's based off Elizabeth in the Bible. Whenever uh, Mary found out she was pregnant with Jesus and she was confused and scared and didn't know who to tell about her new pregnancy, um, uh, Elizabeth took her in and cared for her, so it's God will always send you someone when you need it the most. See, you got it right there. The elevator door is open. You got the explanation. All right, now, she and I talked on the phone to make sure that she was available and going to be here today, and I, I prompted her on her, her anecdote of how did you see God at work? The lady and the thing and the... Okay, so... Yes. So he's talking about uh, Florence, who is one of uh, our very first ladies from the very start in 2016. Um, she is a single mom of four kids. Um, she never had the opportunity in her life to be educated. She was forced into a marriage. She had four kids. She had no way to make any money at all. So she just, you know, went along with these things just because that's just kind of how things happen there sometimes. And, uh, but she was honestly scared for her life. She was very physically and emotionally abused. Her husband did some very awful things to her. And one day she just decided, that's it. I'm leaving the village. I'm going to Kampala, which is the capital of Uganda. And she was like, I'm going to make a different life for myself. She had no skills. She had no money. And she just set on her way with her four small kids. Um, and so she struggled a lot. She did any little job she could for very little money. Um, they told me stories about going weeks without eating at all. And, but she was just like, there has to be a better life for me. There has to be something different besides what I've been just handed to me just because of where I was born in the world. And so um, she eventually met Evelyn. And then if you know the whole story, then I met Evelyn. And so we started employing them full time together. Um, so two years ago when I met Florence, I put a picture on social media, like side by side pics of um, what she looked like in 2016 and what she looked like now. And I asked her, I was like, please, um, do you care if I use these pictures? Like if I show people them, is that gonna like make you feel bad? She said, no, I mean, please use them because using these photos might mean that 
we can help more women in my com community that are just like me. So she has just the heart to help as many women in her community that are like her as she can. But anyways, there's these two pictures side by side. And on one side is, um, she just looks just, she's starving basically. She's so skinny. There's no light behind her eyes. She's just struggling. She can't pay her kids school fees. She can't feed them every day. Um, she was just having like such a hard time in life. And on the right um, is the other picture that I just recently took in the past month. And her face is just shining. I wish we had it. I don't know. It's in my Facebook group. <laughs> Y'all are in it. We'll I don't see. know. Who's ever, we'll yeah. see if we can find a way to get <laughs> I was it. like, I should have brought it. But um, anyways, uh, she, her face is shining. And there's just a light in her eyes. And you can just see in just the pictures that she's a totally different person. And so she's just... It's just, I can't even tell you how many things, how many stories about Florence I have to tell you about how she helps her community, how she cares about everyone so well around her, how she fights for women who are in a bad situation. And the coolest thing happened this past spring. Um, they have like a local uh, council um, there in Uganda, and it's called uh, the chairman who I got in a fight with, which is another story. But <laughs> no, no, no. Not now. But now, but now, since he's chairman, he like tries to smooth it over. It's really funny. But anyways, um, he, uh, he, he and the rest of the people in her community chose Florence to represent them on their council, which was like a major deal because the old Florence, she never would have gotten chosen because she, she would have never thought to accept if she had gotten chosen because she was struggling so much. Now she's an empowered woman. She's talking about all the changes she's going to make in her community how she's going to make sure no one in the government takes anything from her, from the people in her community. She's just empowered and a different person. And she's the leader of our hospital ministry where they go to a government hospital every Tuesday and bring supplies to like really sad, dark hospital wards that are really hard. And they're able to bring Bibles and a few uh, like food and just things that the patients really need. So um, I just, Florence is a different person. And it's because she's been empowered for two years and she's been in Bible study for two years and she's just changed so much. And none of the things have changed. Like she's no more qualified like by worldly standards. Like she didn't all of a sudden have gone to school. She didn't all of a sudden have learned English. She didn't all of a sudden have all these things that make you right for the job. It's just that she was given a job and she was empowered to make a difference for herself. So that's... That's Florence. I'd heard uh, bits and pieces of that story, and I said, we got to share that one right there. Because when you look at a person's life that has gone 180 degrees different from yeah. destitute, nothing, and I like the phrase, death, not death, but no life in the eyes, mm -hmm. to a life that is not just uh, alive, but also making a difference. And having served in Africa, I can tell you right now, you don't want to cross an African woman if she's got an agenda on her mind because you will lose very quickly. Would yes. that be a safe assessment? Yes, I'm glad that she's on my side. Yes, I, I understand. I will be glad to meet Florence and say, I'm on your side, Florence. <laughs> Trust me. All right, so kind of wrap up your portion of this with what this has meant to you, uh, this particular trip or um, the being a part of the ministry. I guess like growing up, you hear all these things like Bible verses, everything. Um, if you grow up, if you're lucky, you know, you grow up in the church and I have, and, um, there's a Bible verse that says you have to deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow him. And it's just, that has come alive to me in these past few years. My life is nothing what I thought it would turn out to be at all. 
Um, I have nothing that Americans would think were right. I am 32 years old. I live with my parents. I, <laughs> I, uh, I don't have a house. I kind of, sort of, sometimes have a job. Uh, and I, you know, I'm not, you know, I have no kids. I just have nothing that you would look at and be like, oh, she did the American dream. She made it. But I have so much f- fulfillment and being able to de- deny myself the things of this world and follow him. And it's hard to live in the two worlds. Like, I always feel like my body's in two different places at once because I'm constantly being communicated with the women in Africa. And then most of the time I'm here trying to, you know, uh, sell their products and just continue to be able to employ them. But every time I think about that and I, it gets hard, I always try to remind myself that it's not about me and it's not about how I feel and my feelings. It's about uh, Jesus and his mission. And this is where he has me in my life. So I'm going to continue on that way. And I, and you know, I might never look like all of you, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll look the same in heaven, believe me. And, and I think that one uh, thing that I think a lot of people about people in poverty that it's taken me years. I've worked in, with people in poverty here and abroad for a while now. And I think one thing that people don't realize is that um, they, like, I think that we just think of them as numbers and not like people with personalities. Like, what I want you to understand is like, me and these women, we have inside jokes. And uh, I know all their families and I know all, and I know many of their problems and lots of their problems are the same problems that you probably have with some of your kids. And I just want people to start realizing they're not just like a number or something, like they're a person with a soul and they have uh, a life. And also another thing is I think that we kind of think that in a way that they're dumb. In a way, and I'm not meaning to offend anybody if you thought that, but I think that we think that like maybe they don't have the skills or um, maybe they don't know how to bring themselves um, up out of poverty or they don't want to, but it's not true. Like they see their communities and they see their families and they want a different life, not just for themselves, but for their neighbors. And so um, I think that we all need to realize how the same they are rather than different. And you're not, if they were born in your situation, they might be where you are or even better in life, you know, because that's just where you were born and where you're brought up. There's nothing different between any of us. We're all the same because we're all um, followers of Jesus and we all can make a difference in our own way. And um, one thing we have this joke because they drink tea like crazy over there and it's really good. And so uh, twice a day we have our break for chai and everything stops and we talk to each other and it's the best. But um, one day we were talking about how like, you know, here in heaven we have to like live separate because we really do feel like we're family, but in heaven that we'll all be a family and we'll all live together. And so we all have a deal that whoever makes it to heaven first is gonna have a cup of chai waiting for the other. There you go. So if you look at the world like that, instead of they're different and I'm helping them, I promise your life will be changed forever. That's awesome. Thank y'all. Y'all can go ahead and back your seats. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, worship team, you can come back up just for a word. Lee, why don't you come on up here just for a second, too? Um, where I will close my portion of it and then Lee, let Brother Lee uh, close us out. Uh, going back to that Acts 1-8 uh, verse, think about it in your private moments that Jesus didn't say, you'll be my missionaries to Jerusalem, Judea, etc., etc. He said, you'll be my witnesses. And sometimes the word missionary can be a little bit daunting and we think, oh gosh, I'm not a missionary. That's not what Jesus said. He said, you'll be my witnesses. 
And so we have ample opportunity anytime, anyplace, anywhere, uh, from next door to around the globe to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. And that's what I hope you've taken away from these testimonies and this day of celebrating our mission service. Closing verse, Romans 10, verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. The Apostle Paul, the longing of his heart, the prayer in his life was that the Israelites be saved. He longed for the Jewish people, which was his people, to come to faith in Christ. Now, we're not the people of Israel. We don't live around many peoples of Israel, obviously. So we need to insert there where we live. And so this scripture could read like this, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Alito to be saved. The people of Aneta to be saved. All three of them. The people of Hudson Oaks be saved. The people of Weatherford be saved. The people that I work with. And so you could read this. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Lockheed to be saved. The people at your place of business, the people at your school. Now, if you will sit still for a while, and if you will be open to the Holy Spirit, these two things are going to become cravings in your life. Your love for people is going to grow, it's going to deepen, and you're going to have more compassion for people than you've ever had. It's important that we learn not to suppress that. It's important that we learn not to block that. It's important when we start feeling uneasy and we start feeling vulnerable that we allow it to happen. God, through his spirit, he will grow love in you. Now, you heard all these testimonies. Everyone is passionate about their people. They're passionate about San Antonio, the people they come in touch with. They're compassionate about that family the kids are about that they roof their house of. Uh, Bryce is compassionate about the Portuguese men. He loves those guys. He witnesses them on an ongoing basis. Uh, we're compassionate about the Cambodian brothers and sisters and the people. We desire that they will come to Christ. We're compassionate about the Peruvians. We have a heart for them. We have met them. We have talked to them. We, we are serving alongside of them. It's our heart's desire. It's our prayer that they will be saved. And of course, Amy has such a heart for the Ugandans. And, and these 18 or 19 year old, late, uh, 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 numbers of 18, 19 women that she's employing. And, and, and I see her operating all the time. She sells products so they can live and she denies herself. And it's a beautiful picture of what Jesus wants from us. So I just wanna challenge you after you've heard these wonderful testimonies today to consider this. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of, say your town. Say your people. People you work with. Where do you work? Say it. Right? 
Lord, I pray that you'll just grow in us this kind of passion, this kind of love, this kind of craving, that Lord, that we will just live so that people in our world will be your children. Help us to live with an enthusiasm, a contagiousness through your spirit, a love that conquers all. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come forward.